Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast, maybe the last name uh, named episode of the Post 20 Podcast. My name is Evan. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. What's going on this week? Yeah, it feels good to be back. Last week, had to head up the road and get on the, the pitch to coach. That went. Didn't get the win, but tired legs, people out of shape, and I mean, it's kind of what I expected, but still... Good to be out there back on the pitch. Indoor got canceled last night with the weather watch, so gonna have to wait on that for another week. But yeah, things are going um, on that front. And speaking for what we do here with Chelsea and that, um, not so good. A lot, no, of, lot of lot of a lot of hot heads calling for Poch. Um, I wasn't, I guess, touched on that before we move into what we're gonna do today. Just. A lot of people are calling for his head and just like it's enough and we touched on like Iriola getting time with Bournemouth and then it eventually worked out and now we're not seeing the same with Chelsea. So I'm sure they're, we're going to be hitting a tipping point sooner or later, but uh, the fans are just more and more upset as things go and I don't really blame them, but my expectations going into games are low at this point, which is kind of depressing. Yeah, I understand that. I mean... I think cooler heads will prevail. Um, we're, today's topic is you know transfers and stuff like that. Oftentimes we look <laughs> to transfers to solve our problems. I, I genuinely don't think that's what Chelsea need. I think they just need a period of stability, and it's a lot easier to do that when you don't feel like somebody's coming for your head immediately. So I, I do think like Poch just needs time if at this time next year you're dealing with the same thing sure you can sack them but um i i i'm sure it's it's tough to tune in and watch every week but you have to this isn't the way to look at it i think this is a small mindset of saying you know i've seen this many premier league trophies i've seen this many champions league trophies you at least have that so you've you, you've had some success. You know that it's possible that your club can get back to that success. And at the minute, especially when you guys hired him, I don't know if there was a better candidate um, for you know a job of that stature. Yeah. So you have to just kind of trust that you have the man for the job. Um, we're seeing. I've spent all day reading coaching stuff about, you know, coaching vacancies in the NFL. It's hard, man. It, it's very strange. Sometimes coaches leave when you feel like they probably shouldn't have left or et cetera. I don't know if you guys would be any better off if Tuchel had stayed. Uh, maybe. But that's not the situation now. You have Pochettino. He's probably making a ton of money. He probably also doesn't want to be fired. So uh, you just have to hope that somehow this team gels in the second half of the season and then starting at the beginning of next season comes out and performs how you would expect uh, Chelsea Football Club to to play. The last thing I'd say about him is every manager we've had in the last decade or so, bar maybe the last two, like are very boisterous, outgoing, yep. animated guys who you can see the the physical or I guess the visual visually you can see what how much passion they have and whatnot with with Mourinho and Conte and Sari those types of guys how much they get into it and then Poch is 
anytime the camera goes to him, he's either sitting down with his arms crossed or he's standing up with his arms crossed. And there's not, I don't know, it's just not demanding respect or there's no standard, really, in my opinion, of what I'm seeing out there. And there's no flow and concentration of an identity, really. So not sure how that's fixed. Uh, we've We've known... This African Cup of Nations and Asian Cup's been coming all season, so I would imagine he would have had a plan, him and his staff, in the upcoming in the past few weeks without Nico Jackson up top, and now it seems like a false nine Cole Palmer thing might happen mm-hmm. if he doesn't want to go with Broya, which I don't blame him, but still, then the Nkunku thing picks up injuries every now and then, yeah, so sure we can't go. try him, so I don't know. It's going to be really tough watching them these next couple games, I have a feeling. Uh, I've been having a tough time watching my team too, and that actually will lead us right into what we are talking about today. The January wants and needs list. Um, We do this typically every year. Uh, This will be like the second or third one we've done uh, where we talk about, you know, transfers, what we think clubs need. uh, And this time around we've done, uh, like an itemized little list, kind of a bit of a write-up about each team, what they need uh, to further their success. Uh, so we're going to start right on top of Arsenal. Um, so for Arsenal, obviously this is the team that I support and I have a pretty firm grasp on what I think we need. Uh, and you guys are, are aware of what I think we need, and that is a bona fide number nine. Uh, Gabriel Jesus offers something that an attacking mid or maybe even a winger uh, typically would in his dribbling and vision, Uh, but I think he lacks the top finishing ability uh, that most of the world's top clubs have in the position. Uh, I believe that a striker of a larger build, uh, Adusan Vlahovic of Juventus, uh, Victor Osman of Napoli, someone like that would absolutely elevate Arsenal. And I know that sounds simple, but it's just the truth. Uh, unfortunately, Arsenal in this window don't have that kind of money to spend, uh, according to reports. So I'd be thrilled in the meantime with another fullback. Uh, I don't I don't really want somebody flashy or skillful, uh, somebody that's going to transition extremely well into the midfield. I know that's kind of how Mikel plays, but uh, we have a, a good transitioner into the midfield in Zinchenko, and he's a liability defensively. So uh, I would rather a quick, strong 1v1 defender who can clamp uh, on some of the rapid wingers across the league. My mind goes directly to an Aaron Wan-Bissaka, a player of that uh, quality who is more defensively focused, has the pace, can get forward if he has to, uh, but is primarily a defender. So uh, Arsenal wants, needs. Wants, I would say a striker. Needs, I would say a striker. Uh, and then fullback, I'd say is just a need. I don't know if he's going to want that, but uh, that's that's where I net out on Arsenal. I think we agree there with striker, and I put left back specifically. Yeah. We've talked about Zinchenko and his flaws this year, as opposed to last year where he really stood out. Um, but I think Urian Timber being injured at the start of the season really hurt. He was a guy that you could plug and play in three positions. He yeah. could play DM, allow Rice to push forward. He could play center back to give one of those two guys a rest in the middle, or you can play him on a fullback position and still have that 
kind of like a Man City when they put Ake out there or Akanji at one of those outside center back positions. He can cover the flank really well with his pace. But yeah, Jesus picking up another knee injury. I don't believe it's for a long time. I think it's a few weeks, but that's somewhere they need to fill in. And Ketia's done okay, but doesn't have that presence. And I think like an Ivan Tony would be great. He we we've never seen him really in like a Arsenal situation how he'd work, but if they need to change a plan and be more direct, he can he can apply himself in that manner and he's used to it. So I think having that flexibility when the the Arsenal ticky tack way doesn't work, if you need to back guys down and be more brawn, I think that could be a nice little flexibility to help them push forward for the title. So yeah, I think we agree there, striker and a fullback and maybe some depth in the midfield to allow Rice to push forward. Jao Paulinho is going to be a really big, uh, or I should say a hot name mm-hmm. in the market for January. In the summer, he was right about to leave to Bayern. He, he was on a plane and everything, and then it dropped at the end. But he's definitely a guy that will be leaving, whether it's in January, if not the summer, for sure. So I think if somebody can jump on him, and if it's Arsenal, that can only push them forward, especially with the Thomas Party stuff just not being available. Yeah, because of his raping. Um, and injury apparently, but I think it has more to do with the alleged rape. Uh, okay. Up next, Aston Villa. Uh, in my opinion, Villa don't need to do any sort of upgrading on the attacking front. Uh, depth probably couldn't hurt, uh, especially for a team who's challenging for the first time, but I cannot see that being the way that they ought to go during the window. Uh, I think Villa would benefit from a top class fullback. Um, but the prices on top class fullbacks are exorbitant, as are the prices with pretty much every player these days. Um, for example, a player like Alfonso Davies, who are he's in talks with uh, uh, Real Madrid right now for close to 100 million euros uh, on a transfer, which is insane. I mean, Alfonso Davies is good, but there are other there's better left backs, and that's what he's fetching. So, uh, you know. <laughs> It's it's egregious. It's tough. I don't necessarily know uh, how Villa are going to bring in a player for less than 40 mil who's going to do a job, but they're kind of aging out at that position. Uh, they've had Luca Digne. They've got Matty Cash, who's a bit spotty. Um, that kind of stuff can prove really sketchy down the stretch if some injuries arise. Uh, and I think a fullback just for depth at the minute, if they want to keep playing who they have back there, fine. Um, but, you know, an injury to a center back, an injury to a fullback, and you are looking down the barrel of uh, the remaining of the season, the remainder of the season without your first, second choice options. That can be really hairy. So, um, as long as you know injuries aren't a huge problem, I'd say Villa probably sit on what you have in the transfer kitty right now. Um, bring in a young fullback if you can. Somebody's somebody that doesn't cost a shit ton of money, but. Up top, man, Villa are so good that I don't think they're that, you know, they're not a piece. They're not a winger or um, a striker away from contending. They have those players, um, maybe a backup striker. But in general, this Villa team is crafted so well. Their midfield is fantastic. They have two excellent center defenders, world-class goalkeeper. Um, fullback's the only spot that I can look at and say, yeah, it probably makes sense to have uh, a better player you know, waiting in the wings to come in and play there. Um, but otherwise, I mean, Villa are one of the teams on my list that I really, I kind of struggled to to pick somebody out for. 
I agree with the fullback, specifically right back. Yeah. They don't have anybody besides Matty Cash. Mm -hmm. At times when he's not fit or suspended, they put uh, Ezra Kanz out there, which it seems like that's a thing that clubs are doing now. They're playing center backs out on those outside positions. Yeah, it's I'm crazy. Sure they, pl they played right back or left back when they were younger, but they just don't have that frame to compete with these small wingers that are nimble in the in the five to ten step races. So um, I think that could be a thing we agree on, but I disagree with the attack. I think they need like a left winger. They play like a four four one one. Well, well they've that's got Buendia is the thing. Like that's why they, they've got guys he, that are injured. Yeah, but I still think they can upgrade on him. We saw what Musa Diaby's added, but they play him behind Watkins. Yeah. I feel like ideally you'd have him at one of those wing positions opposite Bailey, but. If he plays as a second striker or alongside Watkins, they need somebody on the left. And we've seen Zaniola play out there. Uh, recently, we've seen Jacob Ramsey play out there. But I don't get that winger, typical winger build or the pace down that left side to, to what's the word? To, I guess, just link up with what Bailey's offering there. It gives yeah. you a double combo. It's not thinking we have to focus on Bailey and stop him. It's that double whammy. So... So maybe maybe bringing in somebody down that left side would improve on walk-in service on more cutbacks and and get in behind those right backs because some teams are built uh, specifically one-sided they'll be stronger down the left than the right we've seen with liverpool going down the right side heavily with Salah and trent so i guess to combat that they can have to a double edged sword and yeah i mean i do think they need to upgrade to stay where they are i think there's going to be a dip off sooner or later due to injuries and whatnot but yeah they have a strong squad i like their center mids a lot i would have to say they're really overperforming. i don't think they can keep this up for multiple years with what john mcginn's doing i think louise can but mcginn's having a phenomenal year yeah bubakar kamara is a really big hothead who is inconsistent with his form and uh, we still haven't really seen Tillemans and what he can offer this team. It's crazy what he did with Leicester for the past couple of years and thinking he could go to a top four side. Talks about Arsenal and whatnot, but Madrid. There's talks yeah. that Madrid wanted him. Yeah, and now he's struggling to get in Emery's Aston Villa side. So, yeah, the, the squad's in a great place. I agree, injuries are hurting them a little bit here, but they didn't lose too many. They only lost one guy to Afcon, and it's Bertrand Traore, and he's not top priority. So. They should be in a good spot moving forward. I could see them not really spending anything. All right. Um, Brentford. Brentford are going to be aided by the return of one Ivan Tony, who said that he feels he owes the club something after they supported him throughout his long spell on the bench after the FA gambling violations that you'll be uh, well aware of if you watch this show or even have spent any time on the internet. Um, a striker like Tony is worth his weight in goal. Uh, gold at the minute and so they most likely won't need to bring in many reinforcements up top if he decides to stay if he leaves they'd be in the market for a young target man who can finish uh, unfortunately those aren't cheap just because they're young i think at the end of the day brentford would probably benefit from a youthful and creative midfielder and also a new left back uh, the loss of rico henry at the beginning of the year seriously downgraded the way they play moving forward so that could be a huge signing uh my personal opinion, the best bet for Brentford is to gamble a bit on a couple of young players and see what kind of bang they can get for their buck. Um, 
excuse me, considering the way that they've been playing this season, it's already basically a write-off. They're not going to win anything this year. Um, take a chance, buy a couple of young guys, and see uh, how things pan out, if those guys can be part of your mainstay team next year, especially if you're able to uh, retain Ivan Tony, which I, I couldn't see. If he stays in January, he's going to leave in the summer. There's just no way he'd stay at Brentford. I, I can't see that. Yeah, now that I look back, I originally put fullback and a center mid, Hickey and Henry being yeah, out for that's a right long where we time here. Um, I think that's definitely for sure. There's I'm looking here, there's links right now with Renan Lodi from mm. Marseille, formerly of Nottingham Forest, that could fill in that left back position. And right now they're playing Rorslev, who's been their uh, backup uh, before Hickey came in. He was the starter, so he can be make do for now. They need somebody else with the ensign in the midfield to be a bit more creative, if not a strong six that can rotate with Norgard or allow Norgard to push in a more advanced position. That's been one mm-hmm. of their weakest spots this year, center mid. And another attacker, we're seeing Shada and Embuemo out for a little while, and Vise is at AFCON. So their only attackers right now are, are Keen Lewis Potter, Neil Mope, and Ivan Tony. So uh, it's not looking good for them if Tony decides to leave. They're really gonna have to just pull from their U23 team and hope they can just play respectable matches because it's looking bad. Yeah. So, uh, forward, of some sorts, a winger and a left back, fullback, whatever you want, and then maybe a a, a creative midfielder. If not a, it, you could really say any, they need everything. Maybe bar center backs. Yeah. Um. Okay. Brighton. Whatever we say isn't going to matter because Brighton's scouting team has probably already selected a full 11 of South American wonder kids that we've never even heard of. Um, if I had to pick midfielders, probably the go-to uh, with the loss of McAllister and Caicedo in the summer. Uh, their current midfielders are ancient relics. Uh, Lalana Gross and James Milner are a combined 105 years old. Uh, did the math on that today. Uh, pretty crazy to think about. Uh, Carlos Baleba will most likely be a mainstay moving forward, if I had to guess. But Billy Gilmore, who they've been playing as well, doesn't necessarily move the needle for me. believe he came from the Chelsea Academy. Uh, if I had to guess, an abundance of youthful midfielders will be on our screen um, if not, you know, after the January window, certainly next summer, uh, and we'll be asking ourselves, who is that after they score an unbelievable goal? Uh, that's the Brighton game plan pretty much every year. And I don't expect that to change. For me, uh, a right back for sure. Lampty's yeah. in the same category as James. He's always injured. Uh, if not, he'd be going to AFCON right now with Senegal, I believe. And then sure. the other thing I have is a DM. They still are looking for that Caicedo replacement. Uh, they apparently it was this Carlos Balebia, eighteen year old, but yep. it's taken more time to develop as as we're going. And other than that, Billy Gilmore's the other guy that can play there. Dahoud hasn't hit the ground running, so none of them are filling the boots of Caicedo there. And all their attackers should be returning within the next month to two with Fatty and Ciso, Adingra and Matoma. All those guys coming back from injury or um, with the, from the coming back with their country. So right now is the time for Evan Ferguson to really step up or seeing Joe Pedro be the guy too. He can play out on the left if need be. And yeah, midfield's most concerning, but they they still, I believe they got their first clean sheet last game week against West Ham, but 
it's not looking too good for them going forward. It's just a bit of a mess coming from last season. They're still in Europe, so they're going to have to deal with that as they move forward. So it's a bit all going on. And they've already brought in one player, 18-year-old Romanian winger, for three million uh, three million pounds. So I'm sure they might loan him out again, but might have to fill in for the time with with Matoma and Adinger leaving them hanging. They really don't have any wingers left. Yeah. Did I lose you there? Uh, where'd you last hear me? Oh, I got you. You're good. Okay. Um. All right. So we'll move on to Bournemouth. Uh, Iriola has already stated that he will not be looking for reinforcements this window. Uh, but instead offered up the sentiment that he doesn't want to lose any of his best players. Uh, the only thing I can say is that Solanke probably won't play at this high level uh, for all that much longer. I mean, he's a good player. I don't think he's going to, you know, like become shit, but there's no way that he's able to keep up this pace. Uh, and despite how good they've looked, they probably should be looking at some other players uh, to reinforce the backbone uh, down the center of the pitch, uh, defenders especially. If you remember how poor they were at the beginning of the season defensively, um, all it takes is a couple of, of bad games and uh, some injuries, maybe even you know a loss of confidence for Bournemouth to return to saying, what are these guys doing? They don't look like they know how to defend. Uh, so I think, you know, you look for depth, tiny little things. Maybe you look in your academy, um, but it's hard for us to speculate really if Iriola doesn't see any issues himself. I mean, we've seen how in tune he is with this team within the past six, seven, eight weeks. Um, who who do you think they should improve? Because they really have been just playing such good team football that it's hard to say. I, I don't I don't think you can go wrong bringing in defenders, but um, up top it's been pretty pretty fluid. My two positions I'd say they need to improve on are center back and an attacking mid. Yeah, center back that we've seen uh, Zorbani play every single minute of the game of the season so far. And Senesi came in last season from the, I believe, Feyenoord. With the, yes. The, definitely the Eredivisie and took a little bit of time to grow and has now been a pretty big staple in their team. But Lloyd Kelly's a guy that's the club captain has been in and out and apparently is open to leaving by the end of the season. And other than that, they don't have anybody concrete. They got Chris Mempham, who's not, not the best. So definitely a stronger center back. And then... I said an attacking mid. They've been inter inter what's the word inter interchanging guys in yep. there with Cliver, uh, Semenyo. Who else has played in there? You could play Tavernier in there. They don't really have a clear cut ten. I believe David Brooks could be that main guy, if not Alex Scott, who they brought in from Bristol City. He's really shone or really shined the last two matches after his long injury. So those would be my two main spots. They still have players that haven't played since they joined you get we forget tyler adams is here yeah he's set to come back the end of february so that's another guy could be a strong six for them that interchanges with lewis cook or philip billing so i think they have the depth in a lot of good positions but like you said dom Solanke is really overperforming he scored 12 of their 28 premier league goals the next high scorer is Semenya with three so it's pretty i mean that's kind of what you want with your team you want your striker being the the main guy but if he's not in this team, they really struggle to have a concrete goal scorer. So 
uh, I, I guess just keeping the service coming to him. So whether it's the center backs or stronger fullbacks whipping in the ball, those would be ideal. But uh, their season really rely the second half of their season really relies on Solanke to keep putting up these numbers. He's going to have to score at least twenty goals to keep them comfortably where they are. Yeah, that's the truth. Um. Okay, Burnley. Uh, this team needs to be looking for the reincarnation of Jesus Christ in the window. Uh, they seem way too far past saving, uh, but what do I know? The shittiest part of this team is they have a lot of very talented young players. I think uh, Audebert and Foster are both uh, good players who can probably would be doing a better job at another team with a little bit more structure. Um, some shoring up at the back through a fullback with dynamic ability going forward, like Ian Matson, who went back to Chelsea, um, would work wonders for them. Unfortunately, he, I believe, is off to Dortmund, if I read that yeah. correctly this morning. So yep. um, that's like exactly what they needed. He was a huge part of their success last year. Uh, they they kind of need upgrades everywhere, but certainly need to uh shore up the back especially if they want to keep uh mr james trafford happy there for a for a little bit longer because uh he has to do a ton of work and he's doing a fairly serviceable job considering uh how poor his defenders have been in front of him yeah matt said was apparently targeted by burnley in the summer for around yeah. 20 mil yeah. and chelsea declined them which i don't i mean that's talking about them we'll get to but just that's uh, not. I don't understand if you're keeping him any. There's no involvement for him in his correct position. So, whatever. But yeah, for Burnley, I have fullback as well for the same points you mentioned with Matson. That's what they really relied on last year was their their fullbacks bombing forward and giving great service into their attackers. And we haven't really seen that at all. Fatinho at left back's getting torn up in recent times, and we haven't seen the best of him. And their right back hasn't done anything either. So. Uh, other than that, I, uh, my other position was a winger. They don't really have strong wingers moving forward. Uh, Koliosha was showing good signs, but picked up an injury that's going to keep him out until towards the middle or end of March. I had high hopes for Manuel Benson. This guy had great film last year in the championship, absolutely crushing it. Uh, in 33 games, he had 12 goals and 3 assists. Didn't start a lot, but was an absolute guy, dynamite guy off the bench, so I guess a winger of some sorts to add some same for the same reasons as those fullbacks, just having the ability to stretch other teams uh, out wide and open those inner inner those lanes in the middle for their full their forwards and attacking mids as Brownhill to to expose and really capitalize on. So those would be my two main spots. I think Foster and Abduni are a good partnership up there. Rodriguez can come in and interchange with them as a a guy to go as your typical Burnley ball if you want, but those guys add the more modern style to the game. M. Dooney drops in deep, Foster's good, chasing balls in behind and being a pest. So I think the roots are there. It's just they don't really have that flair about them to really have game game changing moments. Just in the Premier League, there's games where nothing's going on and you need a a moment out of nothing, and they don't really have any players that can create those to earn them points and we're seeing that in the positioning of the table now with where they're at yeah uh okay chelsea next team up uh so i put my opinion in here probably nothing needs to be done here um more than anything the team needs stability and stasis which i already said uh for a moment so that they can get sorted 
I do think a top class keeper would help, but I'm not sure Todd is going to jump for, you know, a Mignon or somebody like that uh, after all the money they spent last summer. I don't know if you feel like he'll just continue to splash the cash because of the way that, you know, they do the amortization of the contracts. But, I I mean, surely like an upgrade over Bobby Sanchez would be nice. Um, Other than that, like, I really do think Chelsea have brought in enough players to put out a very good product. And we've seen at times, we know how good Cole Palmer is. We know that Sterling still has some gas left in the tank. They brought in Caicedo. They have Enzo Fernandez. These are players we know what they look like at their peak or what their their most recent peak was. They have so many good players. And we've even seen Mudrik look really good, I think, this season. Nico Jackson has played like shit. He still has seven goals. This is a team that has enough talent. It's a matter of not bringing more into the equation and instead forming a coherent group with what you have. I think buying players, if it's outside of a keeper, would actually hurt Chelsea at the minute. Goalkeeper, I would lean on the argument of playing Petrovic the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Similar to kind of how the NFL does it, you get these guys on rookie deals. It can help spread out the money in the rest of the squad. You can't have 11 guys all be world-class paid players. It just doesn't help building an overall great squad. So, and Petrovic has shown he's good at the simple things. We don't need to go crazy with the ball movement out of the back. I don't think we're at that point yet because the guy, the other 10 on the field can't provide any service or, or concrete ball movement to get it up in the dangerous areas consistently. So... I'm cool with him playing the rest of the season over Sanchez. There's not too much of a difference in either one, but um, other than that, like you mentioned, the only position I put was a striker, and I guess that's just the history of this club in me coming out, but we're going to have to find a way, more so on the coaching side of things, to put the right 11 out there no matter how many guys are out that are best capable for us to win the match. And it seems like when it comes down to making changes in the matches after 50, 60 matches, or even after the halftime going in and in the locker room and talking about things with the team, nothing really changes. So that would be my, my argument is just the coaching needs to find a way to put these best 11 out there in the best opportunity to succeed. And, it seems like they love Dezazi a lot, no matter what he's playing. And then Tiago Silva has to play because he's our best center back, our best defender. So it pushes Caldwell out to left back. And with Ben Chilwell coming back, he may be an option this Saturday against Fulham. It's going to be a thing where does Levi Caldwell start on the bench? Because all summer there were talks of him leaving again, going to Brighton or whatever, and he wants to play. He has to play. So... It's going to be a thing where call they did this at the start of the year. Chilwell plays 60 minutes, and then Caldwell comes in, and it just doesn't make sense to me. So um, cutting out all the rambling, I think, yeah, just keep the team as it is, like you said. It's just it's not working. I don't see the coaching. I don't see the direction in these players, what we're trying, what our end goal is when we move the ball, because 
I saw in the League Cup game yesterday against Burrow, we have six guys in the attack that all are not strong in the air and are aggressive going into the box, and we're playing high balls into the box with nobody in there. So yeah, the thought process is concerning to me. Yeah, I understand. Uh, okay, Palace. There's a few places my mind goes here. Um, some of Palace's players are aging out a bit, and some of them just can't match the pace at which the uh, likes of Eze and Elise want to play. Nathaniel Klein and Joel Ward have done a decent job filling in at right back um, for the Eagles, right and left back. They kind of all swap around, but 26-year-old Kyle Walker-Peters is a player of Premier League quality who is currently trapped in the championship. Players with quality and pace are what Palace need. Obviously, Palace need a striker as well, but I don't see them moving on from Mateta and Edward because they haven't within the past year or so. Uh, even though those guys are just barely scraping by, it doesn't seem like a spot of bother for some reason. So I think striker, we've said it a million times about almost every team on here, striker is important. Uh, need somebody that's really going to give you 10, 15 goals a season. They lost uh, Wilf Zaha, who was kind of that guy, even though he didn't play uh, as an out-and-out number nine. Um, but, you know, the other thing, I think, a player like Kyle Walker-Peters, who has experience um, with a Premier League club and is a solid player, that'd be big. I think they could probably get him for under 20 mil, too, um, maybe even under 15. That's, uh, that's kind of where I net out on Palace, so a fullback and a striker. I agree with the fullback, specifically right back. The other position I have is a defensive mid. Yeah. With Czech Decori out for the entire season, he was a strong guy in this squad that, that really glued them together, uh, going from the back to the front. And Chris Richards is seems like it's a Band-Aid option at the moment. He's typically a center back uh, or a fullback when it comes to the U.S. with the international duty, but... If they want to go that route, I think it's manageable to do an, uh, an okay job. He could put in a good 6 out of 10 every week. But if they want to improve and get somebody in there that's played that position their whole lives, I think that could be a good idea. Uh, a younger center back, I guess, because they've been fortunate to have Anderson and Guehi not pick up any major injuries yet, and they are a great partnership, so... The only other options they have is James Tompkins and Rob Holding, and that's a massive downgrade. So maybe going that route, and then strikers are maybe a good point. I'm seeing links on here with Eddie and Katia potentially. He's been a guy linked there for a while. I don't know how that would work with Mateta and Edward there. Somebody would have to leave. So again, again, an idea there. But overall, the squad's okay, but it's nothing crazy. It's kind of similar to when we were talking about um brentford earlier yeah uh okay everton this is a weird one despite their position in the table everton have been playing very good football compared to the last few years uh the only reason well not the only reason but one probably the main reason for their measly position in the table is the points deduction uh the case of everton currently dcl is back onana Ducore, and gay have been playing well uh they've got garner braithwaite and the ever annoying jordan pickford everton at the minute might be looking for young depth signings who can play dice ball if they have to but aspire to play something a little more appealing on the eye uh I think Branthwaite is 
fantastic. He's going to be really, really good. Um, same thing. James Garner or James Garner, uh, Jack Harrison both have looked excellent. Uh, and I think those workhorses that they have in the middle of the park, you can't really ask much more in terms of the style of football they play. Um, uh, who's like the archetype? Where do you think they need to improve? Because a lot of the play goes through the center and I think they've kind of got those players doing exactly what they need at the minute. I don't know if January is the time for them to splash on a big player or somebody that's going to kind of change the way they play. It seems the spine is where everything goes through and it's kind of working. They're in a position where they're really handicapped with that 10 points. And I believe the appeal still go still open for them yes. to get more points back, but I'm sure nothing's going to be given back to them. Um, so they're going to need to reinforce the squad. I had have to say, I think right back with Ashley young being where he is and he's just physically not there. We say this every year and he still puts in good performances, but still I think they need somebody to improve at that position. Uh, Nathan Patterson's a good every now and then, but he's a bit too young and inexperienced and Seamus Coleman is a great club captain, but I don't think he's the guy there anymore. So right back and then a DM again, they have gone gay there. Who's I believe he's injured. If not, he's at AFCON and he's really their only main six in there. They played James Garner and Onana there at times, and that's just not really that. I don't think that's the correct position or play style for them. They're good. They're better as eights, ideally. So I think bringing somebody in like a strong DM could really solidify things right in front of Braithwaite and Tarkowski. It could be a, a monster trio in there that teams are really scared to go through. So, And it'll also allow Garner and uh, Onana and Ducore to, to get more creative going forward. And Ducore is their top goal scorer, believe it or not. He's got six with, yeah. with DCL in second, only with three. So this is a rarity where the team's not getting more service to their striker. And DCL is working his butt off and getting himself in great positions. It's just the ball sometimes doesn't drop in his way correctly. So I think other than that and the attack, they're fine. McNeil and Harrison are doing great on the flanks. Uh, coming off the bench, Betts has a great mismatch for a lot of teams that they can capitalize on. And then I think Dan Juma off on the left gives you a good burst if McNeil and Gardner are, excuse me, Harrison aren't giving you all that you'd like out of them. So yeah, I think those would be great options. And we forget Deli Alley is still on this team. Yes, he is. We haven't seen him at all, right? He says he's got a, a hip injury right now. He'll be out until April. God. Streets won't forget those years at Tottenham. It would be uh it'd be fantastic to see him back and uh at his best. That would be that'd be very special uh watching. Okay, let's move on. Fulham. Do not be fooled by the way Mr. Rel Jimenez has been playing recently. He will inevitably fall back down to earth, and then Fulham will be left without an effective striker. They are still in desperate need of a solid striker who can do a job, and they're best off looking for a target man up top in the lower leagues of England, or in my opinion, in Spain. Sevilla's Yusuf N. Nasiri is an excellent option under 50 million, market value around 35. He's still just 26, and I think he'd adapt well to the Premier League. He has 61 caps and 17 goals for Morocco as well. We saw him at the World Cup. 
uh, in that amazing Morocco team. Uh, nobody is going to replace Mitrovic, unfortunately, but bang for buck-wise, I think Enesiri is a great option. Uh, and it's probably time to look for someone to replace Tim Ream as well. Uh, while he think, while we think he is still genuinely decent, uh, he is ancient. doesn't matter how much we love him. There's just no way that he can keep up uh, for that much longer. So I think a center back, absolutely, and for sure a striker as well. I also have the striker. I'm seeing links to Bobby Firmino. Oh, man, that would be cold. If they go down that route, yeah. William, William Pereira and Firmino, the, the Brazilian trio up front, that, that could be something spicy. But I also have a, uh, an attacking mid. I'm not fully bought on Pereira. He's shown great signs last two years, but he seems a bit inconsistent. He, he can't consistently play full 90-minute games, which I think is what Fulham needs to stay in these games and really close them out. And they can play a Wobi in there, but it seems like he's developed more as an outside winger, up and back, 90-minute kind of guy. And they're going to be without him for these next couple matches going to AFCON. So they're going to have to find a way to to cover those positions and really move forward. And we mentioned Jao Paulinha. If they lose him, that's that's a great core, similar to Palace with Ducore or a Man City losing Rodri. It's whenever they, whenever he doesn't play, they, nine times out of ten, they lose the match, if not drop points. So uh, they, they may, may have to bring somebody in as a DM just to, just for future sight, because if they sell him first and teams know they're on the market for a DM, they're going to get overpriced. They're going to have to overpay for that position. So maybe being proactive and getting ahead of that would be a smart option right now in January where... You may have to pay a little bit more because you're in the middle of the season, but it would be better than over, over being overcharged in the summer. Yeah. Uh, okay, Liverpool. I have no idea what they need at this point because the squad rotation is so good. Um, Trent just got hurt, but the extent of the injury is kind of clouded. Uh, they're losing Salah to AFCON and then maybe to Saudi after that. We truly don't know. Uh, Liverpool have the quality players to fill in for him, but they won't keep his pace in scoring and assisting. I think if I had to settle on one piece to bring in, it would be a defensive midfielder. Endo is a DM and he's done well, but he's not young and Zhao Polina is clearly better. The thing about Zhao is that his price tag or Zhao Polina is that his price tag is very high. I can't see him moving for less than 50, and I'm not sure Liverpool are willing to spend more on midfielders after they were just forced to revamp their entire midfield in the summer. This is the player that comes to mind. Matt mentioned him already with Arsenal, uh, and a player who's been rumored since last summer to be on the move. For me, I agree. A defensive mid. Uh, all the same points to Evan. I also have a fullback, specifically right back. Yeah, for Trent. It's just having that cover because now we're seeing without him, they're playing a 20 year old out there who obviously doesn't have the same capabilities. And when Trent's not in there, the passing out of the back is a massive drop off for getting those great balls in behind uh, to unleash Salah and Diaz and Nunes to just rip through the back lines with their pace. So having that, that backup there could be good. And other than that, the attack's fine. We can't really say another midfielder because all the midfields new. If not, it's only been there for a year. So, yeah, those would be my two main positions. And, uh, yeah, I don't really have... Yeah, that's it. Yeah, okay. Uh, Luton. 
Luton need to buy a young box-to-box midfielder who they can pair with the very experienced and shockingly still relatively fit Ross Barkley. Uh, Whether it be a loan or a buy, I don't know. However, they need someone with an engine. Uh, The archetype I would be looking for is somebody like Emile Smith-Rowe, considering age, but I think on my end, Mikel still likes him to a point where they won't sell him. Uh, Luton are very, very good on set pieces, but if they improve the quality of their open play football with a genuinely skilled midfielder they become twice as dangerous rob edwards has done a really good job this year um, so i'm sure he has some people picked out and i would imagine uh the board would back him to bring in uh, a name that we've heard before agreed center mid for sure more of a defensive-minded loud barkley to go forward more we're seeing the the young what he did in the past few years they've really brought him to the scene with everton Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, other than that, I'd say a winger, not not a, a signing like Andrews Townsend on a short term deal, but a, a nice young winger pace to open things up, similar to when we were talking about Burnley, stretch the teams out to allow the striker to have more more gaps to run into for those crosses to head him in, whether it's Carlton Morris or Elijah Adebayo, as we're seeing now. Both of those guys are their strong points and the key target men. So. A winger would be great for them, and maybe maybe another center back. Uh, obviously, with they're dealing with that Tom Lockyer issue, their club captain with his with his heart. I'm sure he'll be out for the remainder of the season if I had to put my money on it. But another strong center back option to give more concrete options in the back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, City. Are we ta- Are we really going to talk about this? Um, I don't really know where they can improve. Oscar Bob and Rico Lewis are getting time, and I think they both suck, but the game's so easy for Pep that he's playing them as third stringers, uh, and they're still winning games. If you put a gun to my head, another cam to slot into the system when KDB ages out, maybe. Um, that's probably what the board's looking at, I would imagine, but genuinely, I mean, they have so many options, so many players that can play multiple positions, uh, look at guys like John Stones, Akanji. It's it's mental. I I really don't think City needs to be looking at all that much. But if I had to pick, probably another attacking mid. Even though Foden can can play and Grealish can play, Cam, whoever slots in there, it'll probably be Foden when KDB's done. Um, you know, you need somebody to sit behind Foden on the bench. So I, I think if they buy somebody, it would be a cam. Uh, but I don't think they're going to buy a soul in this window. For me, similar to last year when we did this, I put a fullback, specifically a right back. Kyle Walker is 34 years old and having a, a fresher option in case he does pick up an unfortunate injury could be great cover. But most of the time they'll play with their three center backs and two DMs in front. But if they need to go to a four, I think having the flexibility there would be nice. And other than that, uh, I guess buying the next hot prospect at 18 from South America is where they're really going. The, all the links I'm seeing on here are just 18-year-olds. So they're just in that position right now with what they've built. And unfortunate outgoing this year or this season. Uh, recent news, Zach Steffen got released on a free transfer. He's now back in the MLS with the Colorado Rapids. So... Yeah, unfortunate to see that dream go away for with another American goalkeeper leaving the Prem. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, United. Oh God, what don't they need? 
number one, wingers. Danielle Malin, someone rapid with an eye for a goal. Uh, the Skillers didn't work. They tried Sancho. They tried Anthony. Uh, they tried both of them, and they're both rancid. They probably need a new center back, too, uh, if Veron is on the outs, like everybody has said. Uh, January is tough to go shopping for center backs, but they might not have much choice, especially considering the availability of one Lissandro Martinez, the butcher. Right now, uh, to push them further into the top area of the of the table, they need a true goal scorer who can strike fear into enemy defenders. And I think Hoyland is probably going to be a much better option if you get somebody rapid on the wing. Daniel Malin has been in great form. He's going to be very expensive, but a player of his play style and ability, I think, is what would do really well uh, at United right now. Throughout my you know, growing up, United typically had very good wingers, rapid wingers, rapid players up top. And right now, that's not really what the identity of the team is. So uh, I think maybe you just return to what used to work and, and get somebody that's quick because what they have now is fucking horrific. For me, another striker option. Martial's going to probably leave in the summer. So having another option besides Hoyland could be good. And rather than putting Rashford up there, um, which is always an option. And the other one I put is a center mid to go alongside, I guess, Casemiro or just a, a defensive mid. Just having more options in there with with a lot of the injuries they're picking up now. Uh, not a fan of Mount and Amrabat as of this season. And Erickson is a bit aged out and would be better in the Bruno Fernandez position. But Bruno dominates that spot right now as the captain. So... That doesn't really work. So another center mid option in there. We're seeing Hannibal get more time and more involvement in this team. And he's a, a United guy through and through. So the passion's there. But somebody more experienced to go alongside those guys could help a lot. So when we look on the rumors about signings, United have the most guys linked right now with them. And it's too much to cover. There's somebody in each position on here. Yeah. Uh, Newcastle. <clears throat> This one's simple. Uh, this team needs depth everywhere besides up top. Thankfully, they have unlimited money. I would imagine they only spend a bit of money during the winter and then finish the rest of their list in the summer. Uh, the key to the whole thing is remembering that Newcastle are way ahead of schedule since being bought by the PIF. Uh, they'll fix this depth problem with very good players. It's just likely to take a moment uh, for the right players to be bought for Eddie Howe's system. This team just needs depth everywhere. They are battered by injuries. You need center mids. You need center backs. You could probably do with some fullbacks for rotation. I think attacking options, they're doing very well, um, but they, they just need like you know, not run-of-the-mill players. They need good players, um, but they need them in droves because the injury issues are just horrific. The only position I have is a center mid. We yeah. have Willock and Elliot Anderson out with injury. Jolington's always picking up a knock or a suspension. Gamaras doesn't have that same effect as the years prior. And then Lewis Miley's new on the scene, and Sean Longstaff is a guy that will put an average performance in every week. So the loss of Tenali at the start of the year really put a damper on Eddie Howe's plans, and maybe bringing in a replacement for him just for the rest of the season could be good. And it seems like Calvin Phillips is the guy they're looking at, maybe on a loan for the rest of the season. And we could really see if he does have something to offer that 
Gareth Southgate sees in him to always bring him to the international team, even if he plays 50 minutes in the six months. So, All right. Um, Nottingham Forest. This one's weird because Forest have brought in an ungodly amount of players um, throughout their short return to the Prem. Uh, Steve Cooper has a shit ton of options in almost every position, and a lot of the piecemeal players have actually been sound when they've had to come in and play. I don't know, or I do know that they're looking at Pierre Equa. Uh, he is a 21-year-old workhorse monster who plays for Sunderland in the championship. Uh, paired with Sangare, the two could cover a shit ton of ground and likely cover all the bases uh, of pace, power, size, and ability on the ball. If they're going to move for someone, a midfielder uh, most likely wouldn't hurt, even if he sits behind Mangala and uh, Sangare for a while. But this team has so many options all over the place that it's hard to think they'll they'll jump on someone unless they're very cheap uh, in this window. For me, I almost put goalkeeper because Matt eh, Turner... He's not been great. I know. I thought about that too. He's had a rough time with the modern play of building out of the back and decision-making. Just it, the game happens so fast now at that at the, the highest level. So... He's been called out a few times, but I didn't. Uh, the only things I put were a defensive mid and a winger. Defensively, they've been leaking a lot of goals, which isn't good, and they don't really have a strong option there when it comes to that position. Mangala's been their main guy. They brought in Sangare this season, which he hasn't been lighting the world up crazy, but he's at AFCON now, so for a match or two, they're going to be without him. So bringing in a strong six and then a winger option for me, Callum Hudson-Odoi, I think his time's run. We've seen him at Chelsea peak with Lampard. During the transfer ban, that was when he was at his peak. He's been loaned out a few times, hasn't sparked it, and then now at Forest, trying to find his footing, but is getting outplayed by his counterpart in Alanga on the other side. So a stronger winger there. Could be great. If not, maybe they play Gibbs-White out on the right, and they allow this Dominguez guy to play in at that 10 position, and he's really been lighting it up. So. They have a lot of flexibility. Uh, it seems like they're on the up and up. Chris Wood's going to be able to hold it down until Taiwo Awanis comes back from his injury, which has been ridden all year. With we have, he had a strong start, and now unfortunately we're seeing Forrest struggle without him for be- periods of time. Yeah. Uh, okay, Sheffield. Uh, this team is screaming for a young attacking midfielder, uh, and they're going to have to look hard for one. The player the fans are calling for is Fabio Carvalho, uh, who is owned by Liverpool. Ostensibly, Carvalho is a very good talent, uh, and he's got the fervor and ability to transform a downtrodden Sheffield team uh, into a side with some attacking character and threat. Unfortunately, there's rumors that Liverpool will recall Carvalho to fill some of their own gaps uh, during... Uh What's that? He got loaned out to Hull today. Oh, there you go. To Hull. To Hull. Well, I guess they won't be looking for Carvalho anymore. Carvalho anymore. Um, but the point stands that that's the kind of player they needed. Um, it's just not going to be him now, is it? They did bring in a, a striker from Valencia, Villarreal. They brought in Ben Brenton and Diaz, who yeah. played, played in the championship for a while, I believe, with... Um, yeah, Blackburn. He played with Blackburn for quite a while. Uh, period had a period there with Forest, so he understands the English game a lot and is going to be another option for them to rotate with McBurney and Archer up there. 
or even if our boy Brewster gets in, which probably not, but that is what they covered in a striker. I think they also need a winger and a fullback. When you look at this team, they really struggle for creation on the wings, and their strong suit is the their size and getting the ball whipped into McBurney. So um, out of those outside backs and a younger winger, I think James McAtee, is growing more and more into this team, the player that's loaned from Man City this season. We saw him bra- uh, bag a brace in their recent FA Cup game. I believe he also picked up an assist. So they also have that Slimani dude, uh, who's another young guy. He's out with the AFCON now, so they're going to have to go without him. But I think there are certain players in this team that can shine. But once again, like the other two teams we mentioned, if they can stretch teams out and have that bit of pace and, and flair on the wings to to at least hold longer bits of possession so they're not tiring their legs out defending, it can allow them to be more involved in these games and to capitalize on teams' mistakes, as we're seeing more and more in the modern game when it comes to building out of the back, having those wingers there can really change things. So those would be my recommendations. Okay. Uh, Up next, we have Spurs. Uh, Whatever we say here, Spurs are going to do the exact opposite, so it doesn't really even mean anything to speculate. Uh, Center back or striker is where my mind goes. Richarlison's been better, but he isn't going to be a replacement for Spurs fans because the level of output they're accustomed to is Harry Kane. Uh, Tony is the best English striker available, and the only other players who even come close to Kane's output are all worth 150 mil plus. Uh, Romero and Vandeman are both very good center backs and should be starting over anybody else regardless of who they bring in. However, um, Spurs have been missing either one of them at almost every point this season. The backup options aren't you know, or the backup options are terrible. So a backup from Spain or, excuse me, or France, uh, of which there are many, would suit them well. The center backs spend half the game at the half circle anyway, so they're definitely going to need somebody with a little bit of pace who can get back and actually defend, but I think center back is where you have to be looking if you're uh, this uh, Tottenham right now. Center back for sure. Vandeven is back. He could be playing this weekend in the United game. Uh, Romero is going to be a game time decision, so we could see a full strength back line. They did recall a uh, regular loan from United. He cut that loan off, so he's now back with Spurs as a backup option. And then I have a striker where Charleston is has been shining as recently in the last few months, but they brought in Timo Werner. It's going to be a weird one to see, especially when we play them, when Chelsea plays them in a few weeks. Um, how that goes, but Turbo Timo, yeah. So they're they're gonna have that depth there. We're gonna have to see how they rely on those guys without Sun now. So this is gonna be the first time in over a decade we're gonna see Tottenham with no Kane and no Sun, and what that looks like here, which could be really interesting, especially going against United this weekend. But mm. uh, yeah, center back having the depth there. We've seen Ben Davies have to stay in there and Emerson, and it's not a pretty sight. Dyer's on the outs. I don't know how Dyer's agent linked him up with Bayern, but guy deserves a pay raise. And yeah, once these guys get fully fit, Madison, Saar, Basuma, they all come back. They'll be they'll be right back into that top four race. I believe uh, the Bayern link is for him to become a janitor there. I don't think he's actually no. supposed to be playing football. 
Uh, all right, let's move on. West Ham. They need to be looking for a striker. Uh, they don't have one. West Ham actually have a very solid roster, but they lack a true number nine. I mentioned Endesiri earlier, and that's sort of the archetype they need to be looking for as well, uh, and the same price point. West Ham have already announced they're looking for a fullback as well, uh, as Kufal is having a tough time keeping up uh, pace-wise as he's aging. He still does a good job, to be fair, but um, they play that low block shit anyway, so I think they're better off letting the other players pick up Kufal's slack, and they're better off opting to find a striker. Bowen, Kudus, and Paqueta are all injured uh, now as well, so someone's going to have to score goals, and it isn't going to be Antonio or Ings. Uh, Kudus injured and at AFCON, by the way. I, I know he got very slightly knocked before he went away, but that's something to keep your eye on, especially if he's going to play in AFCON and get hurt worse. You thought West Ham played disgusting ball last couple weeks against Arsenal. This is going to be interesting with those guys all out, as you mentioned. We could be seeing it's going front, to be worse. Yeah, a front four with JWP, Ben Rama, Cornet, and and this Mboma guy. We or, don't or Danny Ings. Yeah, Devin uh, Mubama. We don't want to yeah. see this. We truly don't. I I I can't. I'm not going to be able to watch it. I'm going to have to just watch the highlights because the full ninety of this is enough to give you cancer. Yeah, so they they play in the FA Cup next or this weekend, so that'll be the first time we'll see what this looks like. And then they're going to play Sheffield, which is a generous match with what they're in at this moment. But I have a striker, as you mentioned, and I also have a center mid. We haven't seen, well, obviously Edson Alvarez isn't going to be playing up to Declan Rice's level, but even so, he he's a bit slow behind the game. And I think having a better option in there, somebody to at least rotate with him could be better. But it looks like they're linked with some center backs. It's saying Max Kilman's in there potentially, which uh, having Nifa Garrett out now for for Afcon could be something smart. But Wolves will definitely never do that. And I wasn't really concerned with fullbacks like you think. I think Kufal's done okay this year. He's got five assists and has locked down that right back position pretty good. Ben Johnson hasn't played really much at all until recently. But maybe mm-hmm. left back. They're they've been trying Emerson in there now this season. They've been pushing. Aaron Cresswell out, who the last five years has been generating so much, so many chances for them on the left, and Emerson hasn't lived up to the same thing. So they're in a bit of rotation. They rotated Fabianski this year out for Areola. Um, Kurt, Kurt Zoom is the new club captain. They, they have the whole new midfield in there without Rice. So there's a lot of change with this team, and I think they need to continue with that in probably more of the attacking sense, getting a little bit younger. And I think Sa- Side Ben Rama is also on the outs. He's linked heavily with Brentford with what they're dealing with now. But now with, with Bowen out as well, I don't know if they'll fire the trigger on him this January, getting rid of him. Yeah. Um, Wolves. Last one. This one's weird as well because Wolves are in fair play hell. Uh, they're not going to be able to buy, so they have to look for loans. They're currently in 11th and are playing decent ball despite having lost Neto all those weeks ago. He's back now, but the word on the street is that Felipe Jota of Celtic fame and then Al Itihad after that is looking to make a move to the Prem. So Wolves would do well to acquire a winger like him, even if it's on loan from his Saudi club. Uh, Wolves' style of ball is rather steady at the minute, but Neto, Jota, Cunha, and Wang all being options at the front once Wang comes back from... uh, uh, Asia uh, would be insane. I think that would be a great move. 
for me, I have just a center mid. The last from the last year or two, their whole midfield, similar to ours or sorry to Liverpool, has been changed entirely. We went from from uh, a Ruben Neves, and um, who else? Somebody else left, and now it's all all new with Lamina Gomez. You got Bellegarde in there, Bubakar Traore. All of them are now in there, and. I think they need somebody else new to establish a dominance in there. Uh, stability. The back line's pretty solid with what they got. They play with the back four, or sorry, back five mainly, with the three center backs. They get Semino and, and either Buena or Ainori on that full, uh, the left side. Um, but a strong center mid to really balance things out and just be a ball winner mainly could be an option. And then I also have a winger. I think with their main first string guys, they're all strong, but... Maybe a, having a younger option in there to rotate in case of injury. And now with, with the guys on international duty and Huang Hee Chan mm-hmm. going to the Asian Cup. Um, and we Pedro Neto is now coming back from that long-term injury he had earlier in the season. So we could be seeing some match fitness slowly coming back into him. Maybe him not being at full full primed version like he was this year, just popping off every week. So those would be my two options. But... I didn't I didn't know they were dealing with financial issues like that. Yeah, apparently. I mean, if you think about it, they haven't really sold that many players, so uh out versus in, you know, that can be an issue sometimes. Wolves are not big enough to just go and completely disregard it, uh like City is, so they're probably going to have to uh deal with the financial fair play regulations and just be careful throughout the rest of the year. They did loan out a few guys already. They loaned yeah. out Fabio Silva and that Sasha Kalajic, they both went out on loan. Yeah, I saw to that. To Rangers and Frankfurt, yep. respectively. Yeah, Fabio Silva went back to Frankfurt, right? Silva went to Rangers. Oh, really? It's Kalajic. the other way. Kalajic went to Frankfurt. Hmm. All right. Um, anything else from us? Um, we do have the five Picks. matches this weekend to pick, but I also was looking at our predictions from the start of the year. I didn't know if you wanted to look at this. Just talk about our what our top four and bottom three were, and then we're at the halfway stage of the season now, maybe deciding if we would interchange teams out. So yeah, do that. sure, give us the top four. Top four for me were Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, and United. Mm-hmm. Yours were Arsenal, Man City, Man U, and Chelsea. What teams... Uh, would you interchange out for who at this point in the year? Uh, well, Man U and Chelsea obviously been pretty shit. Um, I'd swap Villa, I guess, now with Chelsea and probably... So, did I have... I had City top four, right? Obviously. Or did yeah, I Arsenal and City. Arsenal and City are in there one two, and then you have United and Chelsea three four. You yeah, have Liverpool then... five, United, Newcastle six, Tottenham down eight. Yeah, and then I guess I move Liverpool back in too for for United. So Chelsea and United out, and then Liverpool and um, Villa. Villa in. Yeah. So you don't think Tottenham are going to come back? No, straight? I just I don't think they can. They're going to be missing too many players now. Um, well. Yeah, with one, it's really just Son that they're missing, but that's that's a huge loss. I can see them dropping some. 
Um, and God forbid Vandevin comes back and gets re-injured. Like, that's going to be a nightmare. So what this yeah, top it, four is now, I mean, I just don't see it changing. And, and I don't think Arsenal are going to win either. Uh, I think Villa dropped down and we finish in the top three. But, yeah, it's it's odd. Yeah, for me, I'd just take out Man U and put Tottenham in there. And I think Arsenal might even finish fourth this year with how things are going. It's well, possible, but, yeah. Uh, bottom three, you have... Everton, Luton, and West Ham. Are those? Would you keep that the same, or would you change that? Well, obviously West Ham are in sixth, so not that one. But Everton and Luton, I was bang on the money there. Um, yeah, I think I think Everton will finish outside of that now. I think the bottom three that we have, Luton, Burnley, and Sheffield, are the teams that are gonna are gonna go down. So I was, I think I was bang on the money with Luton, and then Burnley and Sheffield. Ah. <laughs> Uh, that's a misread. For me, I had Bournemouth, Sheffield, and Luton. Uh, the only one I'd change would be Bournemouth. I'm going to have to throw Brentford in there. Yeah. I just, I just the, where they're at right now, and they heavily are relying on Tony to come back and be in the form he was last year, and they need to get out of January without losing him because if they lose him, I really think that solidifies them going down with the form they're in and what they're doing playing-wise. they 10 losses in 19 it's just it's very poor from what we, we've conventionally thought of them every year since they've come up it's gotten better and better and now it's it's entering into a catastrophic se- uh, season yeah um all right, all right. i guess we have that for there if we just wanted to pick our games yeah rock with the picks we're about hour and 10 at this point so it's a nice sized episode uh okay first game uh we only have five so Burnley versus Luton on Friday, January 12th. Matt, I'll give you first pick there. Who do you have? I'm going to go with Burnley. Uh, they have the worst home record, only one win in the, out of 10, all nine of the other ones being defeats. And Burnley with only their, I believe, yeah, their three wins this year. One of them was against Luton, and I think they do it again. Zach's going with a draw. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Luton. I think they win this one outright. Burnley just haven't shown me anything, and Luton at least uh, play hard. Uh, Okay, Chelsea versus Fulham. Oh, boy. That's a tough one. Uh, Low-scoring draw, in my opinion. I'll take a draw. I also have a draw. Um, This is going to be a very heated game, more so because even though we're at home, I feel like the home fans are going to be super toxic to the team, which is never what you want when you're the home team. It's going to be similar to an old Trafford atmosphere and Fulham are a good team for us to play. I think West London there and we dominate them most of the time, but uh, with the performance they put up to the day against Liverpool was pretty solid, even though they lost, I still have my questions. So I agree. I'm going to go with the draw, but Zach's going to take Chelsea. Okay. Uh, Newcastle versus City up next at the minute. I think we're going to be lined up here. Who do you have? I'm going with Man City. So is Zach. We could be seeing De Bruyne back in the starting lineup for the first time. And I don't know. The only thing, only reservations I have is Newcastle at home is a great equalizer because no matter what the team's doing, the fans are always supporting them. So I could definitely see that. All right. I'm going to go with City here. I think they win this one uh, in a route. 
Everton versus Aston Villa up next. I think this is going to be a tough game for Villa. Uh, Everton not in great form at the minute. I believe they've lost three out of their last three. Uh, Villa are playing well still. Uh, I'm going to take a draw, though. I just think Everton show up. This one's at Goodison as well. Yeah, Everton need this game more than Villa, um, but still, I'm going to take Aston Villa. Zach's taking Everton. You said a draw? Yeah, draw. Okay. Um, final game of the week, Manchester United versus Tottenham at Old Trafford. Uh, who do you have here this game? Ew. I'm taking a draw. Zach's also taking a draw. I will take Tottenham. I think United is just so rotten at the minute um, that even if they do score some goals, somehow Tottenham and their feel-good uh, vibrations will win out. So I'm going to take Tottenham. I'm just concerned with Tottenham's attack going forward. Yeah, it's not no, going to be great, I don't think. No sun. They have to They have to rely heavily on Kulisevsky. I think Lacelso is questionable. He's their number 10 normally, but... Kulisevsky's been playing in there for a little bit and has shown good things, which would force would it would force Postacoglu to have to play either Brian Hill or give Timo a start, which I don't think he will. He'd probably get like a twenty minute appearance coming off the bench, I would think. Yeah. All right. Um, okay. That is it from us. Um, thank you guys for listening. Make sure you check us out on social media uh, at Post20 Podcast. You can also find us uh, or find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, and Apple Podcasts. We will see you uh, next week. We've got some football. Enjoy it. Uh, there's AFCON stuff going on. Guys, go take a look at the pitches. I mean, it is absolutely comical. Um, but yeah, hope you enjoyed, and we'll talk to you next week. See ya.